Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, yo? This is This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. It's your boy, DJ Paul KOL from 36 Young Dizzy Bomb. Vice World. This your man, Matt Minor. Hell, raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. necessarily 
X concrete slabs, and, you know, old naval army bunkers like like ours it was, but you had like Shoreview, Cashmere, Kirkwood, all the way down to Double Rock Project. So we was able to go to any one of them projects, hang out, kick it, mess with girls, you know, chill, you know. Uh, I mean, back when we would before the dope game and the gang banging, you know, we we had Hunters Point Gym. We was able to hang out, play basketball, do that. I mean. It, it was fun, you know what I mean? I didn't realize that, you know, I was basically growing up in a ghetto or whatever you want to call it or, you know what I mean, low-income housing and all that. It, it, I mean, it, it was fun to me, you know what I mean, uh, being able to go outside, a bunch of people outside, uh, playing around and listening to music or whatnot, you know, moms and them playing dominoes out on the porch, music blasting. You know, it was fun. Like I said, it was a village out there. So, you know, I was out of pocket down the street. You know, my friend's mom would get on me and be able to, you know, spank me and send me to the house or whatnot. So, you know, it, it was like a, it was a village, man, up here in Hunters Point, man. And, um, you, know, I, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, the drug gang and the gang banging kind of tore that all down once the 80s, the late 80s hit. It, it changed it yeah. up. But before that, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when I grew up right outside of Chicago, I, I noticed as a kid, um, it was nothing but peace and, and good times. Everybody playing till the streetlights you know, came on, and you could you, you could hear mothers yelling for the kids to come home down the street. And then you know the late '80s, early '90s hit, and boom, um, it really hit you hard though, uh, man. You were the uh, victim of a drive-by shooting a uh, uh, very young. Uh, you lost the eye as a result. Um, when did that happen? Did that happen in the late 80s or early 90s? Yeah, it happened um, in the late 80s. I actually got shot in 89. Um, yeah, drive-by shooting happened, man. Um, I basically was, uh, man, it was one of those things where I was being stupid, you know, up there. You know, gang banging, doing doing the stupid stuff, and you know, I ended up uh, down there in a big old brawl on Third Street. Third Street is like our, uh, you can say, Third Street is sort of like our Crenshaw in L.A. Everybody hanging out on Third on Third Street. We was hanging out, got into it with a bunch of Sunnydale guys, and one thing led to another. We started fighting and. And, yeah, it just got ugly after that. You know, they left, came back. You know, we jumped them or whatnot. They came back to my neighborhood, everybody up in my neighborhood, you know, laughing and talking about what they did. You know, after a fight, everybody sit around and want to talk. Yeah, I did this, I did that. Yeah, I did, you know, they're just bragging about what happened. And, um, yeah, it ended up, uh, they came, ended up hitting the corner, did a drive-by, and, and yeah, I, I got shot. They let off a uh, 12-gauge, man, and, 12 gauge and a whole bunch of other shots and uh, thank God I was at a distance where I just got hit with some buck shots in the side of my face and head. You know, I got hit with two shots and um, yeah, I instantly went blind uh, right then and there. So, yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. And, um, yeah, man, I had to live with that, you know, all my life. And, you know, I, I was, you know I, right now even I regret it just being stupid, being trying to be out there on the front line and, and bragging about all this you know, uh, this dumb stuff I was being a part of. And, you know, even right now I'm suffering because I can't even really see, you know, all the, you know, the 3D experience and all that stuff. You know, I'm happy that I'm here because some people lost their lives during that time. So I, I, I ain't too too mad about it. You know, I'm still here breathing, still was able to do music. It didn't handicap me to the point where I couldn't move or I was paralyzed like some of my other partners is. You know, they didn't wheelchairs or, you know, paralyzed from waist down or dead even, you know what I mean? So I can't complain, man. You know, I'm still here, but, yeah, I definitely got shot and lost my eye in the drive-by 89. And um glad that I'm here to live to tell it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, how long were you in the hospital for? Uh, I was in there for like a week. And I was uh, able, they would have actually sent me home almost that same day, but they had to remove my... Uh, my eye, because my retina got tore up. So after the surgery, they just kept me there for about a week just to make sure everything was right. And uh, because you know the damage to my right eye that they actually had to remove, 
they said after they wanted to make sure everything was, uh, I guess it was some tubes in the back connect that connects to my other eye. They wanted to make sure it didn't get infected. And in three to five years, you know, my other eye started going blind. Because that was the, that's oh, what, yeah. pretty much what they were saying, why they had to remove the other eye. They were like, we leave the eye in. You know, it's all yellow. It's pretty much dying. And uh, we leave it in. The other eye, you're going to pretty much be totally blind in three to five years. So, Yep, and uh, it's been good ever since, and it's crazy because right now it actually seems like I'm looking out of both of my eyes. I do got a blind side, you know, on my right side, but when I'm actually looking, it feel like I'm looking out of two eyes, you know, because some people be trying to close their eye and see how I'm looking out of one eye, and it's different when you got both eyes and you cover one. It's, it's different, you know, your vision ain't as good, but when you actually have only one eye, that one eye gets stronger and it start working as two. You know, so uh, I can see very far, see good, and pretty much what I see is, is accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah. good. So, yeah, I don't got used to it. It's a good it. thing that they're able to save, you know, you from going completely blind, you know. Um, yeah. You know, now th- this happened, you know, right before, uh, a couple years before the group started. You know, it's people, that's what I'm saying, people don't understand how rough you guys had it. I mean, you almost didn't even make it, you know, to even start a group. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I feel you, man. When I was 20, I came down with a condition called myasthenia gravis where, uh, you know, the muscles in my eyes don't work. So at any given time, I only have one eye that I can open my eyelid. And the other eye is closed. Sometimes it's my left, sometimes it's my right, but at all times I only got one eye. It's crazy. I've been that oh, way since, wow. you know, like I said, early 20s. You know, I still got my vision, though, so I'm blessed, you know, but it's still altered. Like you said, there's that blind spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, um, you know, it's a very rough something to go through, but you get used to it as you go along, I would imagine. Um, what about uh, the formation uh, RBL Posse? Uh, when did you meet Mr. C? Um, I met Mr. C in 91. It was like towards the end of 91. He came up there through a friend of mine named T. Lowe. He was actually a rapper on Black Power Productions, Herm Lewis, who did the intro on my first album. He's the yeah. one talking on the intro. He actually put T Lo out on his label, Black Power Productions. And uh T Lo was dating Mr. C's sister, that was his girlfriend, and I was actually trying to go to the studio with T Lo and T Lo wasn't trying to go to the studio. He was the hot hottest rapper owner in our neighborhood at the time. And he know I was trying to ride his coattail a little bit to try to, you know, game a little bit successful. I was really a producer at the time. I wasn't really a rapper, so I was looking for a main rapper to lead off and do everything, and I'll pretty much, you know, make the beats and rap sometimes and really much just get them, let them be the lead of the group. And um, uh, T-Lo went in and he ended up hooking me up with uh, Mr. C. Like, man, I bring Mr. C up here, you know. Uh, my girl's brother, he, um, that's all he do is rap all day, sit in the house, you know, he would probably love to be a part of it. We brought him up, and we hit it off. He he, he was a dope, dope, dope artist. Whole bunch of punchlines, metaphors. Made a song called Hit Squad New Jack. We was called the Hit Squad at first before RBL. So he made a song called Hit Squad New Jack. And, yeah, I, I fell in love with him. It was just like, yep, that's who I need right here. And he was just open to whatever. He wasn't. Like T Lo was hard to talk to. I couldn't tell T Lo nothing. I couldn't get him to be a part of nothing. It's like he knew he was the shit. But like Mr. C was one of those guys who I didn't have to worry about that. He was like, man, he was like open to whatever, man. Let me know what I need to do. Let me know what songs you want me on, and I'm I'm, I'm ready. You know, so yeah, it worked out pretty dope. You know, I love that. Uh, that uh, he he brought him through because there uh, ain't no telling what would have what, what would have happened if uh, I would have did this shit with with too low, you know. But yeah, he brought him up there, and uh, yeah, the rest was history. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as you guys hit the um, the record stores, you blew up all over the nation. You know, um, 
it was just a, a, a great thing to see, man. Uh, that early in a minute roster. I mean, you got Rapid Forte, Pooh Man, Master P, uh, Andre Nicotina, totally insane. And you guys. And what was it like being, um, you know what I'm saying, around all that talent back then? I mean, so much of that talent. Oh, man, it was love. It was a big old family over at TC Studio, you know. You say us, Rapid Forte coming in and out. You had Totally Insane over there in and out. Um, you had uh, IMP, Coog Nutting in and out. You had Young Selsky in and out the studio. My boy Fly Mar. You had Black Dynasty. Man, you had a bunch of people that was over there. Even UDI and 11.5, this is before they group even formed, the Cold World Hustlers. A lot of them was up in there, too. They weren't groups yet. But they was just in there doing little fill-ins, like just say like a lesson to be learned. We got a whole uh, part on the end where we got a lot of a bunch of us in the studio. Bitch, I thought you knew. Bitch, I really, you know, all that's like yeah. dudes from Eleven Five, Cold World Hustlers, and and you know oh, shit man. like that. They just was for the rest groups for and eat. Yeah, rest in peace, Mano, man, my guy, you know, so. Yeah, it was just like all of us was in there hanging out in TC Studio, man. And, um, man, it was fun. You know, and they all kind of looked up to us, too, because, you know, I was one of them dudes, you know, one of the main dudes in my neighborhood before the rapping. They were just known around there just as, you know, gang-banging and hustling. So I, I was, you know, pretty much respected in the neighborhood. So when we came over there to do did the music, and the music was dope, they just was like couldn't believe it. Like, man, this boy music is dope too it's just like man we can't believe this like man. yeah we we just set off it was just motivation for everybody you know we just set off a trend once we came with RBL there was a whole bunch of groups around there that just start forming up G, GRP GLP RT UDI 11 for you know a bunch of three letter groups are coming out after us <laughs> you know but yeah. uh, it was lovely man it was real lovely and uh you know we appreciated it and um uh, Man, like I said, it was the funnest times ever, man, 92. 92 to, like, 94 was just, man, the funnest. Do you have any um, recollections? Like, we've had King George on this show. Uh, shout out to him and uh, Master P. Uh, do you have any recollections of uh, running into those guys in the, in the studio at all or, or uh, in the offices in a minute? Uh, right Master now? P.? Yeah, Matt, well, we ran into him a lot in a minute. We were bumping into King George, Master P, and them over there. But as far as the studio, uh, now nah, we only ran into Master P, and he started coming out there to work on his, uh, I think it was the West Coast Bad Boys. He went out there and started messing with Enhancer. And uh, that's how we got on the, um, the, the song, Trying to Make a Dollar Out of 15 Cent. So um, before that, it was uh, basically just kind of seemed like Master P tried to do a show, too, in Richmond at the Richmond Auditorium. And he booked us for a show out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, we used to always see him, like, all the time. I mean, the Bay Area is small, so any type of barbecue, event, or anything, just meeting up at the distributor, going over to in a minute, you're going to always run into people, you know. Uh, so we always saw him, always saw him. But uh, yeah, as far as studio, that was the only time we was in the studio together when P was working on West Coast Bad Boys. He was trying to get a song from us. And, you know, Mr. C didn't really want to do a song. He kind of wanted to, he, I don't know, he just felt like Master P wasn't that dope at the time, and he was just like, ah, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, we ended up coming back the next day to the studio to finish. We was finishing up our album, and he ended up like, man, just give me a verse. How about y'all just give me a verse? And that's what we ended up doing. We ended up just giving him a verse, uh, a piece for a compilation. Yeah, yeah, legendary, legendary compilation right there. Um, mm-hmm. George, mm-hmm. George was telling us uh, he kind of had to rough up Jason over there at the offices in a minute. Um, you know, yeah, uh, a lot of people probably he had did. to he had to tell him to stop. Uh, they get pretty crazy over there at times. Mm-hmm. And Jason didn't want to pay nobody. He was yeah. making the money. Was like, dude, why you don't just pay people? You got the money yeah. to pay us. Why not just pay us? He got to bring up all type of excuses. Uh, I got to clear samples. I got to do this, or I got returns. Uh, 
he was trying to use any type of excuse or any type of distributor, record company excuse you can come up with. Jason could have really, really, really been the Def Jam of the Bay Area if he would have did his stuff, played his cards right and paid people. There were so many people that he had access to. Not only did he have us sign, like us, uh, IMP, Totally Insane, and all them, but he had access to the Celsius. He had access to people like Feebos, Master P, a lot of people, delinquents. A lot of people was coming over there dealing with him, and he could have locked them all down. Just using our success as an example, a lot of people would have came and flocked to him and wanted to sign with him and all that, but he just didn't want to pay. Yeah. And he had a cocaine problem, too. A lot of people didn't know that. He was up there, he offered us cocaine, trying to get us high and all type of shit. And we just like, no, nah, but we could sit out there in the front, smoke our weed and smoke a cigarette and be talking to him, and he's pulling out coke, snorting and shit. And like, it was, that was just his downfall. He was just a coke kid. He didn't want to handle his business. And he was a spoiled brat. You know, his daddy, Elliot, was a businessman. He handled his business, but Jason was just a straight-up junkie, man. He And that, that was their downfall. They would have still been relevant to this day and still been doing their thing if he had paid people. They would have been a, probably a staple. They probably would have been the empire with God is right now if they were empire. That could have been Jason. Yeah, yeah, man. Been ahead of the game. The roster, it's insane. I mean, it's just, uh, um, yeah. and every, I think everybody on that roster, I mean, you know, of course, P went on and uh, blow up. You know, you've had a lot of success. Everybody had some success to a certain degree, but I Andre think Nicotino. could have no. been a lot bigger, like you said, if there was yeah. more focus, promotion, or whatever. Um, so, Jason, you, uh, you said he had a, a drug problem. Did he ever uh, get clean or? What happened to him? Is he around today? Yeah, well, he's clean now, I heard. Well, yeah, I, you know, I was trying to sue him because he has, you know, after we sued him and got him out of it and did all that shit, we was going back to try to take care of his ass down. We ended up finding out that, uh, I mean, he ended up just bankrupting and closing the company down because he owed us like $675,000. So after wow. we, every, all the smoke was clear, we found out how much he really owed us, how much he and he just burnt out. He just shut things down. And he um, he's still around. He out Marin right now. I talked to Frankie J, uh, Rapper Fote's old executive producer who uh, ran Ragtop Records and put out Fote. I talked to him and he said he ran into him like about a month ago out in Marin. He said he's actually running a limo service where he uh, ran out limousines and sprinters and stuff like that. I said, yeah, he's doing that with all the money he stole from us. He went and started up a business and got him a little fleet fleet of uh, limousines and sprinter vans and stuff, so I said, you know what, I ain't even tripping, I'm going to let him be, uh, you know, but I don't, I'm not just not dealing with him no more, and, uh, you know, he ain't going to deal with my albums no more either, so I, I started pressing up the album that I did with him, because uh, he was actually a part of the um, um, uh, Ruthless by Law album, the second album, he was part owner of that, so... I just was like, you know what? I'll keep this. He owes six hundred some thousand. If you want to pay that money, then he can come speak up for this. But until then, I'm putting this out, getting our money back. You know, getting the money back that he owes actually. So that's what I did. And uh, yeah, yeah, I ain't heard nothing from him. He did try to press it up a couple years ago. He tried to uh, press the album up out in the UK under Mob Records, and uh, we found that out. And it tracked all the way back to a P.O. box in Marin where he lived at. So we start sending cease and desist letters and start letting them know we was going to sue him. And, and that shit stopped, disappeared. So, you know, he always uh, come out the cuts and try to steal some shit. And I knew it, we knew it was him because it was only the in a minute projects that was being, uh, they reshot the uh, album covers and repackaged it up differently under different names, you know, and tried to put it out. But, uh, yeah, we, we, me and my lawyer got a hold on to that, and we told Andre Nicotina and them, uh, Dre Dog, and, uh, yeah, and they, everybody's pretty much shutting down. So, yeah, yeah right now uh, he's been trying to do his thing with that. I heard the same thing, uh, um, you know, Dark Room Familia said about, uh, Dog Day, um, you know, they was they was another mm-hmm. uh, potential powerhouse. They was pumping out classics, and um, 
and then poof, they just disappear. You know. They, uh, yeah, Joe and Chris. Joe and Chris went to uh, New York and yeah. uh, got away from the Bay and got away from everybody. And like you say, they started pumping stuff out. And you know, if you ain't up on your business, they will get you. And that's what they did. Yeah. And they was crazy. Yeah. They are part of In a Minute. They come from that In a Minute line. All of them used to work in the back uh, warehouse at In a Minute Records. So they lost money to game from Jason and took it in their own, you know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, wild, you know. Um, and you hear that a lot in the music business, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, it's a shame that you had to get caught up in that because uh, – you're one of the groups I felt that RBL Posse could have had uh, uh, you know, many plaques, you know. Um, I, pay, I always picture you guys mm-hmm. being signed to E, man. Did you ever uh, uh, talk to him or, or, or meet him at all? Who that? Easy E. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went down there and talked to him, man. We were down there and we did his radio show before he died, before Mr. C died. We went down there in, uh, I believe it was 94, uh, almost, yeah, the end of 94. After our, our album was out, we went down there, and EZ had a radio show um, down there. Cool last dude, you know, met him in person. I never realized he was that short when I met him in person and shit. And he was cool, talking hella shit, knew all our songs. I was happy as hell that he was a fan, because I was such a fan of him and Ice Cube. That it really NWA period to where it was just like damn I'm down here with fucking Easy E and you know I was out there fanning out and he didn't realize that he was just like man man I man y'all dudes is raw as hell like man y'all got that shit up man y'all dope as fuck y'all record is a shit you know he started talking about how he loved the first album and all that shit and I was got the shooting shit with him telling him like yeah we just trying to look like y'all on the cover trying to be like NWA. And you know, and, you know, and he he appreciated it and respected it, man. Yeah. So that was the only first time I met him, and the only time I ever seen him. You know, after that, you know, he ended up passing away. But um, yeah, man, it was a blessing to actually finally run into him and meet him. And the same thing came later on. I ended up meeting Nice Cube too. And I was like, man, them two. I always wanted to meet them too. And I, I met Randy and them too. Uh, it was just different with Ice Cube and EZE. I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just, I didn't lose. Yeah. Yeah, what what was it like with uh, uh, meeting Ice Cube? It was cool. He was, uh, I, I was actually down there working on the Eye for an Eye album in 97. I was down there in, um, uh, in Atlanta going to go do a song with Too Short. Uh, we actually were going to do that Jamaica funk beat. And I'm in the studio, Aunt Banks and all them, and uh, we ended up having to leave the studio. We never got the song done. Short came in like, man, you know, I'm about to go over to this uh, party for uh, West Side Connection or something like that. I think it was a West Side Connection listening party or party or something where they were going to be there. And he's like, man, y'all need to come through, man. We can get back to y'all can stay in the studio, work on the song, and I'll come back later on. So he left, and we ended up thinking about it. I'm like, bro, well, this is our job. We got opportunity to kind of link up with Cube, and then, you know, we're probably going to be able to get Dub C, Mac Tanner, try to see if we can get them on an the album or something. So we ended up leaving, going over there to the club. It was cracking. They let us, escorted us to the VIP where short and all it was, got over there, yep, that ice cube, and talked, chopped it up with him. Uh, yeah, Dub C, all them, man They was all up in there We chopped it up for a hot second But there was, you know, music going on And all that shit So I couldn't really pick his brain Like I really wanted to But, yeah, I got a chance You know, shook, hugged And all that shit And uh, it was cool, man I loved it I loved yeah. it Yeah Oh, yeah, man, absolutely That's one thing we like to do on this show We like to have, uh, uh, you know On our anniversary shows We like to have these round tables. And uh, I still remember we had Cocaine and Spice One just talking, having a good time, you know, and, and uh, DJ Yellow called mm-hmm. him and caught them both off guard. And they were both like kids. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing yeah, to catch those yeah. moments, man. You know? Well, yeah, especially when it's people that you kind of felt that, you know, kind of you grew up to, you know what I mean? Because uh, NWA and 415 was a big influence on RBL. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell you what, man, let's go to a break, man. We we could chop it up forever. I want to uh, play a song and come back and talk to you. Uh, we got two of them here, man. We got uh, Running Up and Check, and we got What's Happening. Which one uh you want to go with first? Let's start him off with that, uh, with that, uh, let's go with the Running Up and Check, you know what I mean? So nobody really heard that one. People probably familiar with What's Happening, but. Running up a check is that second single that's going to be on his way out. So let's hit him with that. All right, we'll be right back with Black Sea. Don't go nowhere. Sick beach, sick beach. Running up a check like pay. You know I got dope like the eight. If it's wrong, watch my niggas go crazy. Wanna get a dose of it, know you gotta pay Hate it like Brady, tell them sucker niggas, fuck them Hide from the pig, fuck niggas, I don't duck them Get it in regardless, nah nigga, I don't need a front That's how they charge you like an upscale restaurant What you want, you can get it, ain't no barrier It don't stop, I keep paper like a mail carrier And spit game in your bitch ear I'm like, bitch, look at this here Ain't no lame and I'm sharp as shit Through the years I've been on my shit No cat but your bitch, she been on my dick Since I came up, made it off an ounce of the drug Stack a lump sum of money, but I'm ready for more And when it's time to go, you know it ain't no question So kick back and peak game from this Frisco legend, nigga Running up a check like pay You know I got dope like the A's Headed to the money cause I gotta get it day Keep the heater on me case a nigga try to play me She got a nice ass but her head game made Sipping on yak, sitting back watching power I didn't have to ask, she sucked me up about an hour Running up a check, yeah nigga that part I'm pushing through parking in that 6-6 six, six block Game on point like the tip for them 2 2 three. And I'm still counting G's by the one two three. Let it flip like a gymnast All about my business and my aim game relentless I give a nigga the business I've never been the witness and I stand on that Do the show dripped up In that no bam hat Can't play me for a sucker Cause I'm sucker free No fake cats Only real niggas fuck with me For real Running up a check like pay You know I got dope like the eight. If it's wrong Watch my niggas go crazy Sometimes more than we do over here, you know. Yeah, um, yeah right. 
actually the era that you come from, you know. Yeah, they love it, man. They love it. Yeah. Are you uh, gonna go overseas and do some shows after uh, this uh, pandemic nightmare is over with? Man, I, I hope so. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to get over there, passport ready. You know, I just gotta get booked. That's all. You know, hopefully, you know this this new album. Uh, you know, bring that. You know, because I definitely definitely want to get out there. Yes, sir. What's uh, what's the name of the new album? It's called Black Caesar. Black Caesar, and when's it dropping? It's dropping August twenty eighth. Oh, that's what's up. I mean, 20th, excuse me. August 20th. Okay, okay. So by yeah. the time this interview drops, you guys got to go out and get that album and support Black Caesar. Yes, sir. Uh, make sure you get that. Yes, um, yeah, I just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, then I'm going to turn over to my brother in France. I know he's got a, just a couple questions for you. Um, the homie Sin over there, speaking overseas. But... Um, uh, 96 was a fucked up year uh, For hip hop man Especially in the Bay You gotta think about Seagram uh, Tupac And right at the beginning of the year Mr. C um, Horrible man How did how did you get through that time man Losing Mr. C right at the beginning of 96 oh, Man Just family man Just thank God I had you know Family uh, Man it was it was it was ugly for me, man. Cause you know I never I lost a lot of people, but I never lost somebody that close to me. You know that close, like where who was with me, like every every day. It was it was just different. You know it it was man, it was a blow. It was a blow. And um, ah uh, man, you know thank God, like I said, thank God I have family, man, who who was there to support me, and um. Man, made it easy, man. Made that, that transition into, you know, being a being with Mr. C all the time and just being, a, you know, having him around to, you know, being able to, you know, try to start making this new journey as, as a solo artist, you know. I mean, we still was trying to do the RBO thing with Hitman, but it just wasn't the same, you know what I mean? Cause Hitman was a... We always looked at him as a solo artist. A lot of people thought he was a part of RBL, but he really wasn't. He was just... Somebody that uh, we were just using our platform because we knew we had the spotlight. We was using that to kind of blow him up, you know. And, um, yeah, man, it was just, oh, man, it, it just, it was the worst time ever in my life, period. I, I ain't never experienced nothing that bad, man. And it just really woke me up to where it's like, you know, it's time for change. I got I to gotta, I gotta keep it pushing. I got to get up out of here, you know, get this neighborhood. Forget all this shit, you know, you try to be loyal to people who ain't loyal to you. Uh, you know, that's once that stake go on your back, there ain't no turning back, you know what I mean? So I had to burn out and thank God I did did it when I did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, um, uh, you, you know, you got to think, uh, uh, you know, like I said, Seagram, that's another one. Um course Pac and then the year before that, you know, the West Coast got hit with the uh, Easy E passing, like we were just talking about. Um yeah. really got hit hard, you know, um a couple years. Yeah. You know, but you uh you kept it going, you know, uh you kept putting out music and um you know, I'm glad you're you're back doing it again. What made you take a little hiatus? You know, I think the last thing you dropped was in twenty twelve, wasn't it? Yeah, 2012, uh, still ruthless, and uh, even that album kind of got slept on. You know, um, that was all that transition for all this digital stuff was really going on, and uh, yeah. you know, CDs would start going out, start phasing out a whole lot, and it, it was just hard trying to figure out how to promote it. You know, because I wasn't used to the online thing; I was used to going out and promoting on the streets and getting the street team and doing POP in stores. You know. And uh, the practice position and listening stations and all that, so it, I, I I didn't really know what to do. So the album kind of got slept on. That's some of like my best work to date, man. I had a bunch of guys from my era on that. That was I was trying to go back to that. That's why I called it Steel Roofers because it was sort of like 
the part two to the Rufus by Law album because the album was kind of similar. It had a bunch of mob beats and funk beats, and I put uh, went to my era and got people like E Forty, Be Legit, Rapping Forte, C uh, Cebo, Mac Mall. Uh, I even had Young Bleed on there. He used to be on in, uh, on No Limit. Um, you know, Messy Mars, San Quinn, Andre Nicotina. Uh, I mean, I had everybody on that thing, man, and it was it was a really really dope album. Um, and I even had my boy, uh, uh, was it Bo Rock? Um, I think it was Bo. No, 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 no Bo Rock was on. Nah, um, I had my boy from the. Um, uh, I can't believe I forgot my boy's name. Uh, but my guy from L.A. singing on a on a hook. Um, um, I can't remember his name, man. But he used to be with Snoop Dogg and A. Camp though doing things. And uh, yeah, man, he put together a nice little uh, hook for me. So I had some some classic okay. people on there, man. No, not cocaine. Nah, there's another guy I had on there. Um, they used to be doing hooks and shit. I can't remember. It ain't Bo Rock, because I had Bo Rock on my album, too. I um, I had him on the eyes one eye, but uh, it's going to, I know as soon as I get off this phone, it's going to come to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> That's how it always works, So, right? man, I, yeah, yeah, right. It always happened like that. But, now nah, he was he was real dope, man. And the album was just got slept on. So, you know, after that happened, I got discouraged, and uh, I went into a little hiatus. You know, I was still doing verses. You know, dudes come get me for a verse or something, I do that. But besides that, I was just like, you know, I'm done with it, man. It's just, it's just, it just ain't ain't it for me. I quit, you know. And that's kind of yeah. what happened. Uh, you know. Yeah, I feel you, man. The yeah. game really uh, took a turn, but uh, I'm starting to see a glimmer of hope again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, what with yourself coming back and so many others uh, dropping music, you know, um, so it's it's good to see that again. Lyrics are making a comeback for a while. I couldn't believe they took lyrics out of the game. I was like, how can you? First they got rid of the DJ. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then they started mm-hmm. uh, sabotaging the lyricism. You know, the concepts, the storytelling, the art. It's like, how can you strip that away from hip-hop? It doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right about that. You know, about but, uh, that, man. they definitely, uh, you know, they're going to get some good music uh, with this Black Caesar project. I can't wait for it. And, and what's the project you got out right now with uh, uh, featuring uh, your homie? Yeah, uh, featuring my nephew, Larry June, Larry June man. It's, uh, it's uh, called uh, What's Happening. That's the uh, first single from my album. And it's doing good right now. It's doing real good. The numbers is going up. And, uh, man, I, I'm just loving the energy that I'm, I'm getting back in from um, everybody regarding this. So, uh, man, I, I really, really, man, appreciate it, man. It's so lovely, man. That, man, it's, it just got me motivated to, you know, keep it going, you know, to, to man, just, man, keep leveling up with it, man. That's what I did, man. I just said, you know what? Let me just keep this thing going on since I got some momentum. Hey, let's keep it cracking. And that's exactly what I did, man. Kept it cracking. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, I'm going to bring on the homie Sin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, From France. He's got a couple questions. Sin, you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Hi, Scott. Hi, Legendary Black Sea. Um, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about this song, G is about the one, two, three, is totally insane from your album uh, with Avi Alexander Bilderand. It was a classic. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, that song, G is about the one, two, threes, man, that was, that was one of the, that was the last song made for our album. We're totally insane. I actually got in the studio, came in there. Our album was uh, done, and TC, uh, who engineered the whole project, he had to have something on the album. He was like, man, your album is so fire. He said, I got this song. I need y'all to check out, see if y'all like it. And that song, G's by the One Two Threes, actually had Coog Nut on it. It was Coog Nut, 
Um, it was Cool Nut, Totally Insane, and it was uh, a guy named Fly Mar, a rapper out of San Francisco named Fly Mar. They was on it with uh, Totally Insane. And uh, he let me hear it, and we was just like, oh, man, that beat. Oh, I just went crazy. As soon as I heard the BLC voice come in, one, and then comes the two. I was just like, oh, my God. And that beat dropped. My my jaw hit the floor. I was just like, T. He was like, man, I'm trying to see if y'all want this. And I was like, well, there's too many people want it. I'm like, what is it, man? I'm going to take Coog Nut off, and I'm going to take uh, Fly Mar off and let y'all do it with Totally Insane. I think this would be perfect. And I was just like, hell yeah, let's do it. And, yeah, we ended up writing it that right there that night and knocked that out, man. It's, man, one of, the, one of the biggest songs on that album. You know, right behind Bammer, we, uh, Lesson to be Learned, is probably, well, over the years, things have changed. You know, Bammerweed is always the top one, but it's like lessons to be learned start moving up. And then it was, G, it was always Bammerweed, G's by the one, two, threes, and now it's sort of like a lesson to be learned is starting to take off. And now the youngsters into the smooth style player stuff, so now they bring it out, remind me now. They love remind me now. So, so it's just different, man. But, yeah, that song right there was the last one made, and it came in right at the end. We was about to close the song, the album off. Yeah, in terms of old mob song, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us also about this song, how we coming between Mythicon and uh, Big Lodge from the album NFNA, and uh, how it was to to be in, in love with Big Lodge before the drama, how it was to to be with him and the song. Uh, it was lovely. Um, yeah, when we got over there, you know, um, Mystical man, that, that's my guy. You know, he was real cool about everything. We wanted, wanted to do some music with him. Because uh, what happened was we went over there to mess with this guy named Mike Mosley, producer. And uh, we, we was over there. That's how we ended up meeting Big Lurch. And um, all them, they was like lab rats just hanging out in the studio over there with Mike Mosley and them. And uh, yeah, when we got over there, uh, we did a couple songs. We did one song with Mike Mosley. And all the beats I started picking after that was uh, Rick Rock beats. So he ended up putting me with Rick Rock. And uh, Rick Rock ended up having a song he produced for Mystical. Uh, I think it was called Murder or something like that. He uh, did that beat, so he came up there to work with Rick Rock. And we was in there, and he was just like, oh, man, I'm a fan of y'all. It's like, bro, I, man, I love RBL. And he was like, what? Like, man, I can't believe it. Like, bro, and I started telling him how he was his album – was one of the first uh, he was one of the first dudes out of New Orleans that I actually brought to my neighborhood a guy that I knew that I uh, went to school with actually brought his uh, brought me his tape his cassette tape a while back and I told him the story and we just hit it off he was just like bro let's get together and let's make a song and he was just like yeah let's do it Lurch wasn't originally going to be on it at the time it was just going to be me Mystical and Hitman me, Mystical, uh, and uh, Hitman on the song. And um, uh, Lurch was a big fan of uh, of his. He was a big, big fan of Mystical's, and he ended up begging me to get on the song. Like, Black, please let me get on the song. And I was like, bro, I'll let you get on another song. We can do another song together, but we're doing this with Mystical. And he kind of pleaded and pleaded, and I still was telling him no. And what he did was he went and wrote to it. And he came back and was like, bro, why don't you just check out the... Uh, let me just let you just check out what I wrote. I was like, all right. As soon as he came in with that verse, it was just a no-brainer. I was like, bro, you own it. You, uh, you ain't even got to say no more. We, and I was trying to tell him I didn't want to be so long because we're trying to make it our single. And with him being on it, we end up, because there was a hook in between each one of us. We had to rearrange it to where it's two verses back-to-back, then a hook, and then Hitman and Mystical come in, then a hook. Instead of my verse hook, Hitman verse hook, and Mystical, we end up rearranging it to get uh, him on it, and uh, yeah, it worked out, man. It worked like a like a charm, man. Uh, I'm I'm happy with the way it turned out. I mean, I'm, I'm hot that Lurch ended up, you know, playing himself and had to go do life, but I'm glad we was able to get him on the song and get that out the way at that time. But uh, it was a classic song. Mystical came out there, hung out with me, came out to my house, hung out all day. Real down to earth dude. He told us he was gonna come to the video shoot if we wanted to shoot it. And sure enough, you know, a couple of weeks later, we was like, "Yep, hey, we need 
we need that video done. And he, by then, he was signed to. Uh, he we got him on the album. It was crazy. We got him on the album for about three thousand. You know, I gave him two dollars. He really didn't want nothing, but I had to budget it with Atlantic. I was just like, no, nah, man, take this money. I can't do you like that. You know, we got the money. I'm gonna pay you. But uh, once he came down there, he was signed to Master P. Master P ended up charging us seven thousand for him to come to the video shoot. <laughs> So it was crazy how, how that ended up working out. We was pissed off about it, but we was kind of in, in a position where there wasn't nothing we could do about it because we needed him. So Atlantic was like, man, we're going to give up the money. That's that's nothing compared to how good this, this song going to do. So we ended up uh, getting him on it and said, you know, forget it. You know, we're going to pay the paper. But, uh, yeah, it worked out pretty cool. Yeah. And it took some time with uh Mike Mosley, some Mosley, uh, Darryl, Rick Clark, uh, was on top at this, at this time, in 1996. So it's what's going Yeah. Oh, yeah. That song we just heard tonight, it takes me back to that era. You know what I mean? That, yeah, like, edge, like that, edge, that, that DJ Jero, that years. Sam Bobby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a Jim Brown song. <laughs> Yeah. And the mystical James of first album Sunday Like the Bay with the DJ Precise. His first album Sunday Like Bay <laughs> at time. So it's mm-hmm. like he that Bay Area sound, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But also the the mystic and creative cover of, of uh, an A for an A. How it came the idea of the cover for the dope cover? Uh well I came with the cover, uh I just told um, Victor Hall, that's my guy. He the one did uh, he did Hitman cover, he did the Ruthless by Law cover, he did Noh Mafia cover, um, he did a bunch of the digital under he did all digital underground covers. He did Two Apocalypse cover. He did a, a bunch of the Two Short covers. Of, uh, all his earlier stuff from Cocktails and Shorty the Pimp and all the stuff. He did a bunch of them covers. So Victor Hall, uh, I told him what I wanted. Was basically, um, you know, told him what the concept was, eye to an eye. I said, I'm going to take my eye out. You know, I got a prosthetic eye. I said, I'm going to take it out, put on an eye patch, use my eye, take pictures of it, and, you know, just do whatever you can do. And he ended up, like, finding an exploratorium. We went and sat down there. We did some pictures down there. Did some pictures sitting in the studio. And, yeah, he just Together, man, and uh, man, it came out nice, man. Victor Hall, man, he's a genius. I'm mad that he ended up retiring from doing album cover pictures, but he was raw, man. He was dope. He was real dope, but he he put that together. All I gave him was the concept, and he used his imagination. Right, wow. I never knew that. I never knew that was your prosthetic eye in the cover. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, it actually is. You have the one that's in the what he. he Zoomed in, all they took a picture and, yep, and placed it right there. That's got to be uh, a first. So I never heard of nothing like that yeah. before. That <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. No, I never, I never heard our, that uh, We had an ad, too. We got an ad with my eye actually out. He took a picture with me out and Hitman standing behind me. It's like in blue. We got on the beanie hats and I'm pointing to my eye and my eye is out. A lot of people didn't know that. They thought there was effects, but it was actually my eye removed. I just took my eye out. When he takes pictures of it, so a lot of people don't know. It's probably a picture of it. It's probably on my IG. It's a. It was a billboard that we had. Uh, I for I is our billboard that, that we ran through L.A. everywhere, and it was a. Uh, you see Hitman kind of faded in the back, and it's a close-up shot of me pointing to my eye. You know. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that that that's my eye on the cover, and a lot of people don't know that my eye was really out when I did that shot. With the uh, the promo ads. Wow, that that just that that gives it more um, just the extra oomph. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not right, that it needed exactly. it, but I mean, you just didn't know. You know, kind of like when Bushwick mm-hmm. uh, never so clear when he took his eye out and put it on the table. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that's dope. Concept. Also, tell us about the, the Frisco hip hop scene before you and LBL Posse in the troll 80s. And uh, do you remember your first concept you did? Uh, 
on this album. Can I say it again? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, it's a Frisco hip hop scene. Uh, can you tell us about it in the, in the full 80s? Before. Yeah, the 80s. The 80s, 80s hip hop scene yeah. in Frisco. Like, what was it yeah. like? What do you say? Who was doing it? Who, who was doing it in the 80s in Frisco? The hip hop yeah, scene, like. Oh, uh, uh, oh, you said uh, who was uh, who was like rappers from Frisco back in the 80s? Yeah, like who was right. rapping like like um, Only people we had back then, we you know, rapping Forte was like our number one because he was with the Dangerous Crew. We had rapping Forte. We had UEMC. We had um, IMP. Of course, Cool Nut was out with I'm Rolling. This was all mainly late eighties uh stuff. Um we had IMP. We had Buttweiser, the one that kinda got me into rapping. Buttweiser was out, he had did a couple songs, had a, a single while called Darling Darling Baby. Um we had uh C T G this guy named Claytus the Greatest. He had uh some music out around eighty nine, something like that. Eighty nine, nineties. And we had also um Fly Mar. And we had uh, ATC, these guys named ATC. They was probably one of the first. They was probably around 87, 88. They was called the Touch of Class. And um, they was more on that LL, like lyrical scratching. And like, they reminded me of more like LL and Cut Creator. And them like, they was, they music kind of sounded like that. And, um, yeah, they was, they, was, they was pretty dope. That was pretty much it from San Francisco. Those were the groups and the artists that that we had at the time. You know, Oakland was pretty much running the bay with all the music. You know, they had so many people, but Frisco, that was pretty much our scene. Yeah, even Paris, 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 old school culture shit. Yeah, the first concerts with LBL, do you remember the concert you did? First concert. You said the first what? Concert. The first concert. The first concert would probably have to be very first concert we did was with uh, when we did the Peace Treaty when I put out Bama Weed and I brought Fillmore and Sunnydale and them up there and we got cool. The first concert was actually at the Stone on Broadway. And um, I think I posted some footage of that. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, actual clip I got on my Instagram with me and Totally Insane performing G's by the one, two, three. That was actually the very first concert we done. That was the very first. And uh, we on stage. I got the whole show, but I posted, I made a video out of G's by the one, two, threes and posted it on, online. So it's, it's on my Instagram. I probably posted it maybe a year or two ago. You could scroll down probably through my post and you'll see it on there. But it's uh, that was actually our first concert that we actually did. And, uh, yeah, it was a packed house, nice, totally insane. And us got up there, rocked it. And I think they did their show a little before. They went on before us and rocked it. And then we got on rocked it, and then we brought them back out for the grand finale. And that was what you see on our post is them coming out for the finale. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Very dope question, Sin. Thank you, uh, as always, brother. Um, man, I want to thank you, Black Sea, for uh, taking time out to come back on and talk to us, man. I'm glad you're uh, you're back at it, and I'm glad that uh, a wide variety of people nowadays can find out about uh, RBL Posse and go back and listen mm-hmm. to the early records, and, and they can find out what that Bama mm-hmm. weed is so they don't fucking buy any of it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, that's some real shit, man. Um, Thanks, man, uh, uh, for always uh, being supportive of whatever I was doing as well over the years, from Murder Dog all the way to now. Um, I always appreciate you. You know, uh, we're going to get out of here, but before we do, we got this What's Happening track. I want to play that. But uh, I want to give you the floor. If uh, anybody wants to get at you for anything, uh, you know, let them know your social media and all that, brother. Yeah, they can uh, find me online at um, at RBO Posse pretty much across the board uh, at um, on uh, uh, Instagram is at RBO Posse on um, 
uh, Twitter is at RBL Posse, Facebook slash RBL Posse, and our website is www.rblposse.com. If they want to, uh, you know, check out some of the merchandise, just click the store, you know, and uh, it'll take you straight to the store. If not, you can go to our Instagram, and the store link is in my bio. But uh, everything across the board, our YouTube channel, YouTube slash RBL Posse, uh, real simple, you know what I mean? Um, yep, at RBL Posse on on all the major uh, social media platforms. So, yeah, and, we do, and I do got a book dropping uh, later this year called uh, A Part of Survival from the Block to the Booth. It's my autobiography. So you'll start seeing oh, me that out after this album drops. So I got a whole album to explain a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just finished it up. I'm actually just proofreading it right now. It's about... Uh, it's 14 chapters right now. We're trying to narrow it down to about 12, so it's just a little thick. So I started, you know, I'm just giving all of the meaty stuff, basically, with Jason. I talk about his drug addiction. I talk about the breakup of the big block and how it led to Mr. C. Death and Hitman getting killed, a lot of stuff like that. I talk about the time with me in the studio with Master P that I explained. But I go a little more in-depth on everything. So, yeah, everything is in the book. From the block to the uh, part of survival, from the block to the booth. Oh man, definitely. Uh, when that drops, I definitely want to have you back on. Uh, I just read DJ Yellow's book mm-hmm. from uh, WA. Very good book. I recommend that. But I can't wait to read yours. Um, I already know it's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Thanks again for uh, chopping it up with us. And uh, the song right here is what's happening. Uh, tell everybody about this one. Man, this one is uh, when it really uh, just kind of got me back in the lab, back in the booth, back doing my thing. This is uh, with my guy, Larry Jones, the one that uh, motivated me to get back in the uh, lab and do this album. And uh, it's the first single off the Black Caesar album, dropping August 20th, and it's titled What's Happening. Man, and shout out to your cousin, Larry Jones, for doing that, man. Uh, um Definitely got to chop it up with him someday as well. Um, man, you be easy, brother. We'll get at you real soon. It's Black Sea, RBL. Okay, man. The Murder Master Music Show. Count this motherfucker money and shit. You know what I mean? Check it out. And bitch, don't check me. Check your motherfucking interest right now. Outside. Numbers, nigga. Black Sea. RBL. Larry Jones. Have you ever had a pocket full of blues? blues. Jumped in the old school for the crew. crew. She was chosen, I let the whole slide. slide. I'm a hundred point nigga, never lie. lie. In Black Sea, that's my motherfucking night. It's on my lap, bitches never in the trunk. trunk. I hit the blunt, then I let off the clutch. clutch. Disrespect, little nigga, then it's up. up. Off top, I'm just trying to enjoy my day. Why you niggas out hating? I'm counting the tape. Came through. Everything I do is legit do I'm not legit. a Pete no more But I got a lot of women, bitch, chill Shit. I still need the house in the hills When I lost my grandma I ain't know how to feel Man, I'm treacherous But you know I gotta keep it pushed Gotta keep my head up I know these haters still looking What's happening? Man, yeah Shit Nigga, what's happening? Man, yeah Nigga, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Nigga was happy. Hey, it ain't gotta be explained. I'm a rebel in this shit. Recognize and realize that it's levels to this shit. Got some metal in the stick, box of ammo in the drum. I ain't starting no shit, but won't finish till it's done. Yeah, that RBL stamp, verified and certified. All the shit I've been through will leave a nigga traumatized. Ain't no question I'm a slot when it's time for it. They can't see me. I got these niggas blindfolded. Hey, run it up and thumb it up. I still ain't brother done enough. Bitch, see us leaving. Wanna act and she can come with us. Fucking let her ride out with a couple boss niggas. Ain't us getting mad every time they come across niggas. I'll be on that real shit. You be on that fake shit. Smoking on your profit is the reason you don't make shit. Money on my mind, moving in and out of traffic. Larry June and Black C. Collaboration is a classic. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Nigga, what's happening? Nigga was happy. Nigga was happy. Yeah, you already know, nephew. Arkansas.
collaborations is classics. Black C, Larry June, numbers. Yeah. 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 